Hello and welcome to the Celtic Women's Football Show. I am your host as always, Claire Wilde, and he's here. He's Lorenzo Pacitti, of course. You're back. Good evening. Yeah, good to be back. Um, always nice to talk Celtic women. And it's I, we talked about it like at the beginning of the season. This is the kind of period of two weeks where big games happen and the league table starts to shake itself out. Yeah, and we've got some good stuff to talk about as well because I think, you know, there was some not such good stuff to talk about before. But it's nice to be back talking about a win. Um, first of all, how are you, Lorenzo? How has your week been? Are you watching the World Cup? What's going on? Uh, very good. I am watching every single second of the World Cup. God bless <laughs> COVID and working from home being the norm. Uh, yeah, so it's been, I mean, the first few games were pretty poor. Um, but as we record today, there was the Argentina defeat and then uh, the quite good Denmark Tunisia game. So it's, been, yeah. it's picked up, picked up pace. Good, good. And were you one of the people who got up in the middle of the night to watch Celtic play Everton? <laughs> I absolutely was not. And <laughs> I don't understand anyone who I mean unless you're like a, it's like a, it's like being a completionist you know for films or whatever to have, yeah. to have watched Everton play Celtic in Sydney at that time <laughs> but fair play anyone that did but uh, I don't know it just felt like it was quite obviously going to be a slog at best yeah um anything else to report what's been the what's been the non-football highlight of your week can you think of anything uh god no I've just been I've been very I've been trying so hard to get excited for the World Cup um and now it's on, you know, I'm I'm quite, I'm, all the games are coming thick and fast, four games today, that kind of thing. Uh, but it just lacks so much of the usual good feeling and hype and just the fact that it's the winter even, you know, take away all the really bad things, but it's World Cup, the fact that it's just the winter, it makes no sense. So I've been trying to really force myself to care about nothing but football this week. Uh but yeah, I've been having quite a quiet week otherwise. Um, just, care, you know, just care about women's football. That's still going on. That's why we're here true i mean uh, another like you know celtic of uh i've tried to highlight you know the women's game and the b team game being on while we've, we've got the international break and it really i don't know we always say things can be done more but i think england did a really good job not to compare the two of you know non-league day when international breaks are on that kind of thing yeah it, it is like your celtic fix and i don't know if that could be the marketing but it just has felt like that you there's a few weeks now where the women's team are playing really big games, particularly, you know, we get Rangers coming up and there's no Celtic men, you know, to watch and get your Celtic fix. So it should be like, everybody's eyes should be on at the weekend. I know. I really hope that they are. And the, I mean, it's good that the fact we'll talk about the Rangers game coming up a bit later on. Um, but the fact that it will be on BBC Albert on the Saturday and it's changed. So at, but Albert are actually doing two games over that weekend. So that's a, that's a plus. That's something that I haven't, it's normally literally just one game and it's this game on a Sunday at 10 past four and that's what we get. So having, you know, even though it is a rescheduled time, if if it's to get more people to be able to watch it on the TV, then I'm happy with that. But again, you know, like you said, in England, the WSL during the World Cup break have done a lot with filling state, like the, the main stadiums too. with um, fans for for the women's teams but hey hey we, we go on about that enough I don't think we need to keep moaning I've got a lot of moaning to do later so look forward to that <laughs> um any other news so after the game at the weekend and of course Glasgow City played Rangers mm. the top of the table has slightly shifted and it's very tight like you said it's kind of all all these games are coming now where kind of the discrepancies will be found and some of the points, there'll, there'll be a bit of movement at the top of the table where there hasn't been so far. How are you feeling about that? We're one point, we're still in third, but we're now one point off the joint leaders. Celtic, um, we're Celtic, Rangers and Glasgow City. <laughs> yeah, it was a funny one. Like, I had the game, well, obviously the game was on the same time as the first World Cup game and I was flicking between the two, just thinking, I wonder what I want the score to be in this Rangers City game because... Before the game, I would probably have said, I think Rangers are, you know, the best team. They are the juggernaut that could run away with this league. I want them to lose points early. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but City, you know, they took three points off us. They haven't stopped as much as we thought they kind of lost a step. They definitely seem to make Piers Hill somewhat of a fortress. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a tough place to play. And uh, by the time the kind of final whistle went and Rangers had kind of escaped with a point, and you look at the table, it does feel like that's the result we wanted. You know, we're within, you always want it in your own hands and we're within touching distance in the next time we play one of these teams, which is very soon. 
very soon. Well, it's kind of nice to be within a point going into one of the to, into a game against them, which means that there's obviously the the chance to overtake Rangers at the weekend if we do get a result against them. Um, which is yeah, I, I think that's quite exciting. Still, lots of football to play. Hearts still in fourth place. You know, still some interesting things going on in the middle of the table as well. So. Good to keep an eye on, and I'll be interested to see where we are come January. The other fun thing: how Christmassy are you feeling at this point? I know lots. Of, there's, it feels like people are starting to sort of. We've I've heard like three Christmas songs on the radio so far, and we've done we've done our Secret Santa draw. Oh, see, I've avoided. I've bought some Christmas presents, but that's mainly because I'm a I'm a deal chaser. I'm a bargain <laughs> hunter. Yeah, good. And that's a good time for that, but. Um, no, I mean, if my girlfriend had a way the Christmas tree would be up right now, uh, we're sticking to, a, I think, at the bare minimum, the 25th of November, it would go up, but I think... like December, 1st of December. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the vibe. So I'm not feeling too Christmassy. The advert, though, did, you know, it did spark did it some joy. Did it help you kind of get in the spirit? Because I just wanted to mention it, because, so who was it? Shen, Jacinta, Kelly, and of course, Kelly's wee dog, Paddy, which was really amazing. <laughs> he is... Um, He's a natural. He's a natural for the camera, that dog. He's such a cutie, isn't he? Yeah, go and have, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this has seen the Christmas advert and has seen them in it. Um, but I just love the fact that, that um, the women's team is so kind of definitely included now as standard. <laughs> I really like the um, the bit of content they did on the, the women's Instagram, it might have been, or Twitter, where they were kind of getting reviews off the other players of the performances in the advert. I thought it was really funny. They do seem like just a funny team. I would like to see, like, you know, way more of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. And what I really enjoyed about it was um, they were going around saying, like, who do you think should be in it next year? And a couple of them were like, me, I should be in it. <laughs> but like one of the names that kept coming up was Lou, Shen Meng Lu. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, we kind of need, like, I don't think we've seen enough of her maybe necessarily to see her personality. And obviously the language barrier means that we can't necessarily easily like interview her after a game or whatever. But I thought that was really nice as well. The best, the best we got from Lou was that video where it was like, uh, <laughs> you know, who would you take to a dinner party or who would you go on a date with? A celebrity. And she kind of needed it clarified that celebrity, someone you like. And then Lucy just comes out with Messi or Ronaldo and she says, Kyogo. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. It's Perfect yeah. response. Um, so yeah, that was all very good and I'm feeling a bit more festive now. Um, hearts at the weekend. I wasn't at the game due to various things, but thank goodness it was on the telly. Well, it was on the BBC Sports Scotland stream. So it was which, on the, which is better on the internet, which is better in many ways in terms of the quality and the commentary being in English, which we like because <laughs> we can understand it because I'm not a Gaelic speaker. Um, how were you feeling before this game? I have to think, confess that for me, I was feeling, I thought if anyone out with the, you know, they're fourth in the table, I thought if anyone's going to give us a really good run out and like really challenge it, it could really be hearts. Yeah. That's for me why I felt the same and hearts are definitely the, the stiffest competition outside the, the top two, but Coming from the disappointment of the last couple of weeks and those bigger games and then going into a Rangers game next week, I think it was good that it was Hearts. I think if it was anyone else, mm -hmm. there might have been you know, a lacklustre performance potentially or some complacency or even just you know bad habits creeping in. But I think because it was a Hearts team that made you step up your game, made you play to your best, uh, it's almost like a the perfect warm-up for a, a derby next week. Yeah, I think that's probably right because I think they, they would have been going into that, you know, I know that, the 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 line is always every game's the same. We treat it all the same, but that cannot be true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just can't. Um, the lineup comes out. Uh, let me just go through it for you again. Refresh our memories. Um, Pamela Tachonar in goals. We then had Taylor Otto, Kelly Clark, Caitlin Hayes, Lucy Ashworth, Clifford, Lisa Robertson, Chloe Craig, Shen Mengyu, Natalie Ross, and then. Uh, Amy Gallagher and Liv Ferguson with the bench. Well, the, the subs who came on eventually were Larisi Birchall, McEnany, um, Clara Reardon and Tegan Bowie. What did you think of the lineup? And were you surprised like I was that it was Otto who ended up in the back three and not Chloe Craig? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good to have that versatility in there, but it will always kind of surprise you. Um, we'll see how he, you know, we'll see who 
goes in there for the big games, we'd probably assume it's the usual we expect. Uh, but, you know, some good rest for the girls that were away on international duty. There's some long trips in there. You know, Laracy was in Brazil, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's some big, big trips away, so it, it does make sense if you can rest them to rest them. Um, Shows some decent depth in the squad as well, I think. It was good to see uh, Ross starting. And, like a Ross and Roberts midfield for me, as much as I think in the game so far, it hasn't been like the number one midfield. I think in bigger games or in physical games, those two are, yeah, they could really be a force together. I think the two of them have such similar qualities, but they complement each other really well. And again, that's because of their experience. Mm-hmm. They're not just, you know, two, usually you're going to talk about ball and the midfielders and that kind of thing. You don't want two of them really, because mm-hmm. then, you know, they get in each other's way, but the two of them just seem to complement each other really, really well. Um, the same with uh, Amy Gallagher coming back in the starting lineup and just taking her chance, you know, because there's, there's room there to come in and, and make a big difference in the big games because we missed a match winner, you know, we missed a match winner against City because Jacinta was out and it just felt like we were a wee spark away from winning that game. Yeah. So to see Gallagher come in with, you know, real form is, is really good. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Jacinta not involved due to the continued that the second game of the suspension, which I had completely forgotten about because I just <laughs> we'd had the break and everything, and then I tweeted something and someone on Twitter reminded me, and they were like, "She's suspended still." I was like, "Of course she is." I had wiped that from my memory because I didn't want to believe it was true at the time, probably, and it was ridiculous the whole thing. But it, that was where we were. So without her, like you said, having Amy Gallagher start, great for her to get that opportunity, but also Liv Ferguson getting a start. She hasn't had a lot of um, yeah. time right from the beginning of games. She's a super hard worker, Liv Ferguson. And every time she's come on, that's the first thing you notice. Um, and that's why it's good to see her start because when you come on uh, to these games, you're either coming on because we're 3 4 nil up mm-hmm. or we're, you know, we're comfortably in control just the way we are. And it's tough to kind of make a real impact. So you just see her kind of really work hard and run about. Um, or like the City game, she's kind of thrown into a, a situation where it's, you kind of, you're, the, all the onus is on you to kind of take this game and win it for us, which mm-hmm. is not really her role. And she hasn't developed into that kind of player for this team yet. Yeah. So to see her get a start in a game that's competitive uh, with a team full of players who are trying to, you know, bed themselves into that first 11, I think was really good for her. And you saw, you know, how hard she works up front in her bravery you know, yeah. get rewarded in this game. Yeah, and also just before we move on again, because it was a bit of a mix-up from what we've been used to in terms of the lineup. just see Shen get a start as well was good because she hasn't been getting, you know, she hasn't been starting as regularly as she maybe had last season. Yeah, I've been, I was critical of Shen, I think the last time I was on, um, just for a couple, I mean, she's unlucky because the, the things I'm criticising her for, she gives the ball away maybe once a game, but just those last two games that caused goals. You know, so you, so you really highlight it, but we've got quality in the middle of the park, and it's it is an awkward one for Fran to figure out the kind of best jigsaw pieces to go together for the the big games. Um, but they've all got enough quality that you'd be happy with them starting in these games. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and it kind of that lineup kind of made sense, bearing in mind, like we said, there was Laracy and Ch- Liv Chance coming back off travel. Um, you know, Kelly Clark had been doing international duty and Claire as well, but not having so far to come back um how did you feel what was your overall impression of our performance kind of before we dig into the detail and look at the goals and all that how do you think we did in that game comfortable would be the word and that can be kind of you know it's a a positive because of the way you know the nature of some of the upsetting results we've had recently to have a comfortable game is good but you know we didn't blow hearts away we didn't take all of our chances we didn't create quite as much as we're used to, but again, we're missing big star players. Um, it was a, a slightly different 11 of players who haven't played together too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the overall film was comfortable, which is good, uh, but nothing, you know, electric like we have been a wee bit at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that we did show some real, I want to use the word like grit or determination, or there was a little bit of something extra as well that I think we've been lacking in some of the games where... Yeah either we have had a disappointing result or it's been a little bit heart and mouth time um, occasionally. So that was really good to see for me. Um, let's go, let's talk about the goals. It did end 3-0. Two of the goals were scored before half time, which is always a nice place to be in when we get to the 45 minute mark. Um, and the first one came quite early and it was Amy Gallagher, who obviously had come on and decided that she was going to take her chance. Um 
I'll go, I'll describe this goal because I love this goal. I loved the ball that Natalie puts over the Hearts players. Yeah. It's just like, I, you know, those little cartoons that um, go, you see the guy doing Twitter where it's like stick, oh, but tweets or whatever. The yeah. stick ones. I kind of wanted to see like that because it was just like two, we, it was two bounces. Yeah. Natalie picks up the ball, gets around the Hearts players, but then sends it over some of them. And then sort of dinks it to Amy, who doesn't even take, I mean, she literally, it lands on her foot and she volleys it straight into the net. It was just lovely to see. Yeah, both of them are so good here. I mean, this is why I like Natalie Ross starting and what the the difference you saw when she was playing against City. Mm -hmm. Um, She's just so good for taking charge of a ball in the midfield. You know, there's that ball is bouncing about and it could be ping-pongy and it could be you know, just a lot of tackles going in, but Natalie Ross is aware of it the whole time. She takes charge of the ball and she's got the class and composure to turn that into a chance, not just to, you know, be a battering ram in there and win the ball back. She's yeah. immediately thinking about how she can move forward with it and take it under control. And as you said, the, the little dink to Amy is just, to come from, you know, a big battling, two tackles, the ball kind of bouncing off you, taking it down, to immediately have that instinct to play this really delicate ball to Amy Gow just shows her her class and, and for Amy, Amy to realise that there's there's potentially an opportunity there to get in the right place as well. Yeah, Amy has that instinct, um, which is why we like her through the middle as well. We've seen her, you know, pushed out to the right and stuff, and that is the nature of having a striker in form like Larissa and having Jacinta there. That we're not always going to see Amy exactly where we want her, but she has that instinct off the last defender. That's how she got her other goal as well. We'll talk about it later. Um, but the, as you say, the dink is just so confident. It's kind of got a bit of swagger about it, like. She's back and she knows she should be starting in this team and she wants Mm -hmm. to take that chance. Yeah, I just absolutely loved it. And we're going to maybe talk a bit more about some of the standout performances from the Celtic team. But I did just, you know, we were watching it in the house on the telly and I kept like I was saying to Chris all through the game, even after that goal was scored, I was just like, Natalie Ross is doing some power of work in this game. (laughs) She won player of the match at the end of the game, like, but the sponsors player of the match, which I thought was very well deserved, I think. also, But I think Amy was up there as well. But I thought Natalie Ross was absolutely fantastic on Sunday. Yeah, we. I mean, we waited all this time since we've been doing this podcast for Natalie Ross to come back, you know, and be in full fitness and just be part of the squad and not... There was even a period where it was Natalie Ross gets 10 minutes five minutes, ten minutes, you know, she's working her way back in. For me now, we'll talk about it at the end, obviously, I think Natalie Ross should be starting every game until, yeah. you know, she loses that jersey. I think she's come back and she, this is the point now where Natalie Ross has won her place back as a starting member of this team. Love that. Um, so that was 16 minutes. Uh, we didn't get another goal. There are a few chances. Um, go back and look at the highlights if you haven't seen the game, but also if you have, because it's great. Um, the sports scene with Jane Lewis was on last night and all the goals are there and all the chances are there um the second goal was Liv Ferguson so the two players who had kind of come in to replace who would traditionally be our two up top getting goals before half time do you want to talk us through that goal yeah it's another one where it's like Celtic are just really good at it when we're on form is that running off the last defender and the pace we play at means that if you catch it right both you know Amy's goal and uh, Liv's goal, it looks like they're all alone. It looks like they could be offside. They're nowhere near. It's just that they, you know, they catch the defence so well. Um, it's a great pick out from Lisa Robertson on the wing. Just a really kind of direct lofted ball right on the head of Liv Ferguson, who does not care that there's a keeper rushing out there. Again, a keeper we know as a really, really, really good, strong keeper yeah. Um, yeah. for Hearts. And she just, you know, stands her ground, wins the header, and the keeper barrels into her. And Liv Ferguson is left standing and the keeper is on the deck, you know. <laughs> it just shows her kind of, she was determined, she was brave, really, really calm header. Um, and But uncharacteristic, rash from the hearts keeper, who's usually great against us. Yeah, um, the sort of the length and accuracy of the ball from Lisa was so lovely to see. And like you said, there was some criticism of Charlotte Parker-Smith for that goal from the commentary team and on the highlights show. But I think as well, like it's interesting that you've just highlighted that there, that it almost feels like maybe Liv drew that mistake from her because she was so confident and she she didn't back down. It's the, the run and the ball as well. Like, like I said, if, if uh, she doesn't come for that as a goalkeeper, Liv just takes the ball down because she's got five yards to herself mm-hmm. and places it past her. She kind of has to because the run is so good and the pick out is so good that the defenders are nowhere near Liv Ferguson. 
Yeah. So the keeper has to instinctively make a decision. And, you know, I think either way, that's a goal. Because if she's nowhere near her, Liv takes it down and slots it by her. So I can't be too harsh on her. Yeah. Um, Half time, 2-0 two, two up. A good place to be because I don't think at this point we were massively feeling like there was going to be a huge threat from Hearts, either from a press or from some kind of counter. It just kind of, I don't know if how you felt. It, it didn't look like, some, sometimes you get that feeling, don't you? Where you're like, mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, you get that feeling, and then uh, you know Spartans go up the other end and score or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, no, it was good. Uh, and the the third goal doesn't come until quite late on. It's Amy again. Um, before that, there are some subs made uh, in the second half. Um, Clarissa comes on at 65 minutes for Shen. And then at 76 minutes, uh, the young team come on. Tyree Birchall and Maria McEnany come on for Caitlin Hayes and Olivia Ferguson. I'm right in saying that. Yeah, I'm just looking at, I haven't got this written down in a very coherent way. <laughs> um, what did you make of that? I thought Hayes coming off was a bit, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he can shuffle that background any way he wants with the kind of players we've got in the park. So he might just decide who needs a wee rest or who's taking that. Yeah. She might have taken a wee hard tackle, but I thought uh, McInerney looked really bright when yeah. she came on. You know, just really, again, she's been away for a while. Um, and just to see her come back and, again, just keen to take a chance. Uh, and, you know, when you play in a front team, you know that as a young player, you're going to get chances. But they're not going to be, you know, always starting. They're not going to be full halves. So you've got to come on and make an impact. And mm-hmm. she laid her an assist. She hit the bar. Um, I just thought she looked really positive. For me, the only criticism would be that she seems quite one-footed, like like a lot of footballers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of times that maybe cost her a potential goal in even just those 10 minutes. But I just showed how dangerous she was. Yeah, I agree. I think that she was one of the... I definitely wanted to make sure we talked about her. And now is as good a time as any before. Maybe we talk about that other goal because uh, like 81 minutes, she had that amazing cross for the... Laracy chance um she also assisted the second goal she had the free kick that hit the bar she, I thought she was she's come back off injury she's one of the youngest players in the squad she has only recently been training with the first team I thought she kind of like what a way to kind of make make your stamp and make yourself known when you come on for the end of a game against hearts where it looks like we're going to win anyway yeah there's, there's kind of stages I think to progressing through a, a team like this where when you're a real young player and I think even just with that 10 minutes, she's establishing herself as, you know, the young player, the one you want to see get minutes, you know, mm-hmm. the next man up almost. Yeah. Um, and we have a strong bench, we have a deep bench, but there's five subs. You know, there'll be plenty of chance for Maria McInerney to come on and make an impact. And if she's going to be that positive in a game that's kind of won and comfortable, then she's going to make, you know, a really big impression on Fran and the fans because next, you know, chance we get, where we're, we're kind of entertaining the idea of needing a goal or we're trying to introduce these young players, I'd be more than happy to see McInerney come on just based on that 10 minutes. Yeah, 100% me as well. Um, the other subs were Tegan Bowie coming on, uh, Claro Reardon coming on, um, Lucy came off and Taylor Otto came off. I did enjoy seeing, there was a couple of times where Tegan did one of her classic speedy, just take the ball down the wing, runs, um there was there was a kind of chance that didn't quite come off for her kind of created from one of those but i i just love seeing her back doing that because she does it so well <laughs> yeah tegan bowie head down running is there was, a, there was a period last season where you know some people get on really hot streaks as footballers in general but there was a period of about two or three months last season where if tegan bowie decided just to turn the afterburners on she was beating the entire teams you know she was causing absolute havoc she's got such pace and such an engine. That's what got her that Scotland call up. Mm-hmm. You know, if she can get back to that form, we'd be we'd be absolutely flying because of the strength we've got down that side. Yeah, totally. Uh love to see it. Um the third goal. Do you wanna do you wanna take it? Tell us yeah. tell us what happened. Uh McInerney looking dead confident in the ball and just picks out Amy Gallagher, who doesn't again stop causing havoc for those centre backs. You know, she was running them ragged, um, even if it wasn't coming off every time. But to get a ball again, to be receiving a pass within, you know, in the box, in the 18-yard box, with a good yard or two of space, is all about movement and timing of the pass. And that connection with McInerney was great. A, br- a brilliant turn, a finish she wouldn't have been that happy with if it wasn't again for a bit of poor goalkeeping. 
<laughs> uh, but you know, she deserved that luck and she deserved the goal. But the composure on the turn and to just have yeah. that ability to be there and take it down, it, it did, it was great. And again, you know, Charlotte Parker Smith will inevitably be annoyed with herself for some of the mistakes she made. But I think that we were really confident and really kind of gutsy in that performance and we didn't back down. And maybe that's something she's not as used to facing in the league where you've got players who are like, we're here and we're going to, you know, and that, that maybe it's this with goalkeeping, it's those split second decisions about what you're going to do in the face of that, isn't it? Yeah. She's, she's had some really, really good performances against us and in general, but you know, every keeper has yeah. a bit of an off day. And as you say, I think the way we were playing, it's quite an intimidating force to face. Such a thick team that's kind of really gunning for you. She did also make some cracking saves as well. So yeah, so she does. <laughs> um, were there any other, apart from the goals, were there any other standout moments for you? Anything that you saw that you thought, oh, that's nice. I want to see a bit more of that, please. <laughs> Laracy did Laracy things when she came on. But again, um, you know, top goal scorer in the league. Uh, but the past couple of games, just wanted, she's not been taking them like she has been. Uh, so again, it would be nice for her to get a goal back under her belt after the, that miss at City. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that kind of thing hangs over your head until you rectify it. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to see her do that before the Rangers game, but no doubt she'll do it on Saturday. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're hoping for. Um, was there anyone who you thought, I'm not sure whether from the starting lineup or anyone who came on and you thought wasn't as impressive as you would have liked? I don't, you know, we're not generally in the game of criticising players a lot, but, you know, we do want to, we love this team. We want them to be as successful as possible. So we need to look at them critically. Uh, yeah, not massively apart from, I, you know, I, I hate to, I don't know if I've said it before, if I'd said it off podcast to you, I'm not really convinced by O'Riordan yet, mm-hmm. um, as an internationalist as well, um, I just, I don't really see that kind of, the pedigree she has, I don't see it translating yet, which again, when someone has that pedigree and that experience, I think it must just be a case of time, you know, it won't be long until very much proven wrong, um, because she, she just doesn't look as comfortable as she maybe needs to be as a centre-back in the system. Uh, but that'd be my only criticism. Yeah, and also, yeah, I think I wanna, I'd want to see more of her as well. And I, I kind of want to not, I don't know if it's the same thing, but bracket her in with Taylor Otto on that front. Like, I'm not still sure. Obviously, we were surprised. I was surprised at where she played because she's been moving sort of back and then yeah. playing in midfield. I still haven't quite figured out and this isn't necessarily a direct criticism of her, of her as a footballer. Maybe she hasn't figured that this out or Fran hasn't figured this out about what she brings to this team specifically, because I think that there were some standout performances. We've already mentioned Natalie Ross, who I think was excellent. Um, and I also think, you know, the way that Amy Gallagher is able to be in that midfield winning the ball and then also making an impact up front. I thought for me, she was probably my player of the match, Amy. Um, I don't know about you, but I I don't know. Whether... I think that's fair. I think she, she has such kind of obvious qualities, Taylor Otto, and maybe the reason it's not she's not standing out as much as she did a, and a few times in the beginning of the season is because with the midfield we've been playing recently and the midfielders we have, there's a lot of skills that overlap mm-hmm. amongst them. You know, if you have a midfield or even just on the pitch, you've got Robertson, um, Ross, Otto, that's three players who have very similar skill sets in terms of the kind of standout things they do. Yeah. And maybe there's a, a case for where do you fit these players together so that we're, when we were on the ball, there's a creative element to it that takes a bit of pressure off, you know, the, mm-hmm. the ball winners or the ball shuttlers. And Lisa Robertson's great at that. And I think when we're at our best, it's because she starts to fill that role. Yeah. Uh, but that's why I think her with Natalie Ross is kind of the ideal. But I agree with you. It's, it's funny to kind of, where do you put Taylor Otto in? I think there's been times this season uh, early on when she started where she seemed like a kind of real X factor in the middle of the park but she does tend to fade in and out of games and that's more just a case of maybe she's not typically used to playing in such a kind of ball dominant team mm-hmm. and her physicality is way more important when yeah. you know there's a lot more of a fight in the midfield but you know these things are kind of the way she'll learn to play at Celtic and will learn how to kind of use her best. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll see how that kind of plays out as well. Uh, the opposition, what did you make of Hearts? I think, you know, there was a kind of general, a bit of a general consensus that maybe they 
didn't they underperformed a bit? Yeah, I think their their kind of key players didn't kind of bring what they usually do, or based on you know where they are in the league. I think they always seem really well coached. You yeah. know, Hearts are Hearts are on those teams, even when they weren't as good um, previously when we were playing them, they just seem a, a wee bit more structured and a wee bit more disciplined. Uh, than some of the other teams, which is why I think they've separated themselves from the pack a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't think their their kind of key players um, got their foot in the ball enough. It just seemed like they were under the course the whole game. Yeah, they were really like not really able to create anything out of specifically their midfield. And I think, you know, we did a stats podcast. I talked to Christian who was kind of exclusively looking at the numbers and hadn't watched a lot of the games, but had then gone back and watched some of the stuff and was picking out Georgia Timms, obviously as a player who's done well this season and that maybe she would just wasn't getting the service that she needed, that they, there was a bit of a disconnect between what they were trying to do in terms of if they did get the ball, moving it forward. Um, and it just made it quite easy for us to be like, Nope. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, you know, it's, we should, we like to focus more on what Celtic are doing right in terms of how they denied hearts. But yeah, I think hearts, hearts would probably go away from that game. We'd be disappointed. I don't think it was a game they ever kind of were set up to win. Mm-hmm. And they ever looked, you know, like if they turned it on a bit, they could have won. Um, but I think they would have been a bit disappointed with the, the fight they put up. Yeah. Um, I've kind of shown my hand. I said that probably Amy was my player of the match. Who was yours? Uh, Natalie Ross from me. I just, and I think that was more, a lot of that is down to how excited I am about her kind of form recently and her emergence back in the start of 11 that I had my eye on her a lot. Um, but I think she is just what we'll be missing in these bigger games from the start. I think, and when I think back to that City game, I think about the impact she made and just if she'd been on from the start, how different it might have been. And that's the kind of player you want. You know, a player who you, who you think about if they were there, how different is it? And that goes for Jacinta in that City game and Ross. And if you put those two players into that performance, I think it just solves a lot of the problems we were having. Yeah. In that 90 minutes. Um, so for me, Ross is kind of really on form, back to her best, and I'm really excited about her. I'm not going to pick anything, uh, pick any bones with you for that choice because I think it was tricky for me between those two. And I think Natalie, I did love watching her play football on Sunday. Um, so we come off the back of that performance. Nice to get another win, another three points. Like we said at the beginning, bring us to within a point of the top two who drew at the on the same day we go and play rangers this weekend um it's been a bit of a challenge trying to figure out how we might get to go and see this game lorenzo i think because you're not able you're going to have to watch it on the telly anyway because you've got you've got too much social life at the moment (laughs) i just it was on it was beautifully you know on the sunday as always and i had my whole sunday free mainly because of this i was like i'll take that sunday free we're not doing that. We're not going for this dinner, blah, blah, blah. But the Saturday is like a big engagement party thing. It is an un, unskippable social, you know, mandatory event. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not very happy about it. No, I mean, it's been rescheduled to the Saturday and I'm assuming that's because they want to put these two games on BBC Alba, um, which is good. Um, and it will be interesting to see what kind of effect that well I was going to say it'd be interesting to see what kind of effect that has on things like attendance however getting to go to this game as a Celtic fan has proved extremely challenging would you like me to talk you through the process please do so uh there was a tweet last week I think on Thursday from Celtic saying if you want tickets to the game you have to email this email address which was like celticfcwomen at celticfc.co.uk um and request tickets it said there was a limited number of tickets it didn't say how limited it didn't say how many so myself and a few other people that we know uh obviously got straight on it sent emails off i've also was struggling to get the i was trying to get a contact at rangers to see if we could get through that way not getting a name eventually did get a name through us wpl but that's a whole other story <clears throat> so everyone who emailed that and then no one heard anything no one heard anything over the weekend at all so we've all just sent these emails off into the ether monday comes people start getting an email back that basically says if you want to book tickets you have to fill in this form and i'm doing form in inverted commas because it was just squares on an email (laughs) so it was like it was technically a form i guess but essentially they're asking you (laughs) to email your credit card details to the club in an email 
And I don't know if that rings alarm bells for you, Lorenzo. I just, we talk so much about the professionalisation, you know, and how like big that is across the whole league and the clubs have to behave like that. You know, it all falls down when the clubs do silly things and overlook things and that can go from anywhere from marketing to ticketing to whatever and uh-huh the fact that we're you know you're telling me that and i think it's insane and it's shocking but it's not like that's I mean, surprising the thing we've done this season you know it's like but that is appalling i would say i don't i don't see any justification for that the reasoning behind it make, would make no sense um, so, i don't know if it's just to make it as hard as possible for a, an away fan or well this is there are a few questions to be answered. I was like, are they trying to make it as difficult as possible for Celtic fans? Have, has it been this difficult for, say, Dundee United fans to get tickets to see Rangers away? Um, we just don't know. I've put a couple of feelers out, but no one's come back to me. Um, also, you know, you've got this thing where you have to email to get the thing. You're asked to email your credit card details, which is just nobody would ever ever tell you to do. Like, no. I just emailed back and said, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Can we come up with another solution? I haven't heard anything back from them about that. So at this point, if I don't hear back from Rangers or Celtic on that issue, I will be watching the game on the telly. Um, but I know people who did fill in that form. Um, I knew at least one who then got a reply back saying that they could... Oh, the other thing was that it said about... they were, It looked like they were going to post the tickets out. So it was like you could choose first class post or special delivery. The tickets were £3. The special delivery was £7.50. <laughs> also, this was getting sent out on a Monday for a game on a Saturday when there's a postal strike for at least two days at the end of this week. Yeah, I was just That's like, fun. oh my God... <laughs> When you get the email back, it says you can pick your tickets up from Celtic between 10 and 2 on Friday. <laughs> why is that, your why ticket is that will easier available? than a list of names? Your ticket will be available to pick up between 10 and 2 on Friday. It's like most people are, are at work between 10 and 2 on a Friday. I was just like, there's there's a lot of other stuff that kind of went on around it that just made you just kind of tear your hair out and throw your hands up. But I was just like... How is this is one of the biggest fixtures of the top league of Scottish women's football. First of all, why are Rangers making it so difficult for away fans to get tickets in the first place? Because that is just that's just crazy. And I feel like it's something that the league needs to address because you can't have teams dictating the rules like this when the league is, as a whole is trying to grow attendance and grow support for the game. Right. Yeah. It's just. But yeah. also, I mean, we, we even had, you know, we've had both Celtic Air Rangers host games at their home stadium because it's international break. The World Cup is on. You could not get more of a break, you I know? know. I I don't get it. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But the ticketing thing is just... And then I was... told that... away fans, say you don't want away fans. You know, you'll get you'll get abused for it and it'll be, you know, it'll be poor and you should always have away fans. But if that's what you want to do, come out and come out and say it. Well, they have done that before. Do you remember yeah. last season they did Absolutely. the Rangers did do that? And also I was told by the club that they didn't realise that they were gonna have to sell the away tickets, which was why it was all so cobbled together. And I was like, but this has literally happened before. <laughs> like this is not an unprecedented event that Rangers the tickets for away games with Rangers have been tricky. Like you'd have thought someone would have gone, should we make sure we sort this out? Anyway, my mind has been well and truly blown and I have ranted and raved Same. about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to get a little bit of a rant and a rave on the podcast before we talk about potentially the actual game. <laughs> so, sorry, Lorenzo. That's <laughs> allowed. I think it's just, it's so outrageous. I need to say it out loud. I, th I think anyone who hasn't, you know, got the kind of awareness of Scottish women's football or had to buy tickets before or had these things, to, to say this out loud to them would be insane. You know, yeah. for somebody, somebody who goes to football every week and has not experienced this. Mm hmm the idea of it being an issue. And again, anyone that works in ticketing, hospitality, whatever, the idea that these things are just overlooked at the highest point of women's football in this country mm -hmm. is insane. Yeah, I mean, it is the game that there's no other Celtic, there's no Celtic games on, there's no Rangers games on. Broadwood is a, has a capacity of something like 8,000. I am not in any way saying that you could fill Broadwood for that game. But if... 
the people who I know who are trying to get tickets, we're struggling and we're the people who will go to the ends of the earth to get a ticket if we can and kind of know the mechanisms about how we might go about doing that. If you were just some person who would, was like, oh, do you know what? Celtic are playing at the weekend. Yep. Um, absolutely no chance. And that's how, again, particularly when there's an international break, that's the tickets you're supposed to be selling is the families who don't, who don't have season tickets who don't go see Celtic. Casual fans who are going to pick up seeing the women's game, people who have nothing else to do at the weekend, their life is football. These are people that need to see a big button that says add to cart or, you know, check out straight away, <laughs> not phone this email and give me your social security number and all that stuff. I know. I taught, I was ranting to my sister about it who works in, she helped us all with our website and everything and they do lots of consulting around web stuff and she does back-end design and stuff. And she was just saying, she just couldn't believe it first of all. <laughs> and then she was just, she was just kind of, I couldn't see her because we were just on the phone, but you could see her kind of shaking her head and going, have they even heard of Eventbrite? There's a thing called Eventbrite, you know, you set up an Eventbrite. And I was like, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but who knows? We, at good least one. we're going to get to see it on the telly. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Kickoff is at 5.15 for those of you who either are able to go. If you get tickets, let us know how, if you've had any experiences that have been either more positive than I have described or the same as or worse I'm kind of intrigued to hear what different people's experiences have been because I don't you know it's based off a very small sample size because that's necessarily kind of the people I've been talking to but who knows if there's if there's been anything else going on um the actual game is this good timing for us to be playing Rangers yeah I think so I think after that Hearts performance um Jacinta coming back as well. I think you get your potentially best player. We could, you know, debate that all day, but potentially your best player come back with like a chip on her shoulder. She's missed a top of the table clash. She's missed us going out of the cup. I think Jacinta will have a lot to kind of be angry about. And I think yeah. Jacinta playing angry is dead exciting. I think she's the kind of player <laughs> that would really thrive off that. Um, Rangers disappointed to have dropped points in the title race already um, against City. I think a lot of us expected Rangers to start to roll over teams uh, and and City was included in that, you know, we, City had, had a slightly slow start to the season despite winning uh, all their games, they just didn't look quite at their best um, even against us, I don't think they blew us away, I think we were, it was a very very close game that, you know, a player like Haley Lauder, you know, took yeah. control of at the end of the game um, I think Rangers were a wee bit fragile after that, maybe not fragile but just, you know, they're human I think mm-hmm. in a title race, you need to see that the team ahead of you is, you know, is human and can draw points. Um, and we're away from home and there's nothing to lose. I think we're expected to lose this game. But I don't think that's how Fran will see it. I think he'll kind of smell blood in the water and, and know that we've got all our players back. We've got a fit squad. Um, we've got a lot of depth. We've got a lot of people to choose from. And it's all for me about team selection. And I don't envy them because in saying that, I, I, there's not a team that I would tell you now I want to see. There's a few players that I'll say, you know, I need I need to see starting. But how he sets up a team uh, against Rangers is so up in the air um, because of the performances we've had. And that's kind of, that's the nature of our rotational system, which again, you can argue its merits. But I think he's a <laughs> real job on his hands picking a team for Saturday. Yeah, I agree. I, we have got um, history as well of kind of going in and getting a result against a Rangers team that has kind of been proving more dominant in the league. You know, it happened a couple of times last season and that encourages me because I do think weirdly this team does thrive under that pressure. I was going to ask you about team selection because I mean, if we just kind of talk through the team, obviously we know who's going to be in goals because we've had the consistent goalkeeper for the whole of the season. Neither of the other two look like they're coming back anytime soon. Who would you talk me through the back three options? Um, for me, I think you've got to go um, Craig Hayes and uh, Craig, Craig Hayes and Clark. I was going to say Craig Hayes and Craig. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Uh, Craig Hayes and Clark, I think, are just reliable. They've been there, done it. They've done it in the big games. They've uh-huh. got all that experience. Um, I wouldn't be throwing a Reardon in. I wouldn't be messing about with it too much. I wouldn't be putting Otto in at the back. Um, I think those two you can really trust and rely on, and that is the most important thing when you're playing You know, such a good attacking team as Rangers. I think that the the 
that defensive line is the one that I would be most surprised and worried about if we see any meddling with it, because I totally uh-huh. agree with you. I think you just go with your classic. You just stick to what you know, like you said. Um, bit trickier in the midfield. <laughs> have you got Lucy out on the left? Who have you got out on the right? Lucy out on the left. Um, I feel like it's going to be, or it's going to have to be maybe Amy Gallagher out on the right. Okay. Um, again, we like her in the middle, but I kind of want her on the pitch. Um, yeah. And I don't think she would start ahead of, you know, Larissa or, or Jacinta. Because um, again, any other solution that I kind of want towards that would be a brand new thing. You know, it would be trying to force in a lot of midfielders, yeah. which I don't think is appropriate for a derby. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think you trust Amy with her work rate and her just ability. You know, again, if we need a match winner, I think the more of them you've got in the park, the better. Um. So if, can I make a safe assumption that we're going to go with Jacinta and Larrissey kind of leading the line together? Absolutely. Um, who, so, and I'm also going to make an assumption here because you've basically said it, that you want Natalie Ross in there. Yes, so and Natalie that, Ross and I want Robo. So that and leaves, the, so you've got Lisa Roberts and Natalie Ross and one other. Who's going to be your final pick? Uh, I will go... See, this wasn't too hard, was it? It's fine. Well, no, but this, this is the awkward one because this is the one, I think, Ross starting with Robertson is already a bit different from the norm, but I think it's what I want to see on Saturday. Um, but this position now, like this last centre mid, because it could be Otto or it could be Chance or it could be Shed, it really changes the way you're setting up that midfield. Um, and again, I think it's up to Fran how he wants to approach the game. If he puts Otto in, there's a bit more solidity. That's a really kind of tough tackling midfield that you want to try and you know really crowd Rangers and not let them control the game. It would make the game quite direct. I think Rangers would try and skip the midfield a wee bit. Um, so that is an option. But, you know, Liv Chance has a ton of quality. And I think if she is the one sitting in front of uh, Ross and Robertson, you could start to dominate this game. Yeah, you know, I, I would go with Olivia Chance if I had to yeah. pick, I think. So we shall see how it differs. What about, I mean, in terms of, screw it, let's just do it as well, the bench. Like, who are you going to want to see? I'm, I imagine we will be making some stuff. They'll they'll be running us quite hard. Like there will be some substitutions made in the second half. Are there players, for example, Maria or someone who you would want to see come on and be given an, a good, I guess it depends on how the game's going as well. Yeah, I think that the good thing about the bench is I'm quite conf- like I'm quite comfortable with any of them coming on. I think uh, maybe we're just so used to seeing some of them on the bench that I think the they work well from the bench. They almost act like good impact subs. Mm-hmm. You know, they know the role when they come on. Um, a Tegan Bowie on form, unleashed in the second half of a game, you know, to run that a tired fullback is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, she looked good when she came on the other day. That's something we could have in our back pocket. Um, and then we can move Lucy around if we need to, because she's quality anyway. Yeah. I think it would all depend on how Amy kind of enjoys playing on that wing. You know, if, if Amy starts to really dominate in the first half, that's ideal, but that might not be what you want in a kind of tired second half. You might want to move Amy into the middle if she's absolutely on fire. Um, I think things will shift around. It's going to be a really weird game, um, but that's on Fran. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to also make sure that there there isn't going to be much time to get into the game, is there? No, I think I, the biggest thing for me on Saturday is to start fast. I think Rangers need to know straight away that they're in like a a really competitive game where they're going to be under the caution, but we're going to be the attacking side. I think they're so used to rolling over teams domestically. Um, and even when they played City the other day, I thought it was a bit bitty the game, but mm-hmm. Rangers looked the kind of more dominant team on the ball because mm-hmm. um, City kind of let them. And I don't think you want to let Rangers feel like that and get in their flow. They've got really good experienced players they've got players as well that have been on international duty um we need to take advantage of that i think we just need to get a foot in the gas high press set the tone from there but i don't think there's any other way for the Celtic team to set up you know i yeah. think the, the kind of claim the Celtic team should set up defensively is is kind of uh it's just a, a waste of time because even in our games where we've countered the best it's not because we've sat back and soaked up pressure it's because I, we've kind of been the underdog Mm-hmm. and our press has caught people out or yeah. uh, our wing play has caught people out it's not so much that we sit back and take it uh, I think you can't really afford to do that against Rangers not early anyway no definitely not I'm actually talking to you about this kind of getting quite excited about it now um, 
and looking forward to it I will be absolutely shitting myself like the uh, the I kind of the nerves for me always kicking quite soon like not that long to go to kick off and I suddenly go oh my god this is happening (laughs) but I think it is going to be really exciting and it's a hugely good test for this side at this point in the season and yeah um be good predictions do you want to make a prediction or is that I'm gonna go 2-1 Celtic I was gonna go 2-1 Celtic as well I'd written it down on my paper go go 3-1 Okay, I like that. <laughs> You've always just got to be a bit more positive than me, I think. Um, to get tickets, etc., email that email address. Give it a go. See what happens. <laughs> see if you can get along and let us know if you do. Um, as, as we said, not sure at this point if I'll be there or you'll be For the be sake of or... us getting sued or anything, I would say don't email that email address with all your details. Oh, I mean... Um, that's not on us though just in, just in I case would say, I, would, sort of I, would, I would caution anyone to email their credit card details to anyone i'll just <laughs> say that um it's on bbc alba though kickoff is at five fifteen, which is good because it means that if you can't get down there to broadwood then you'll be able to watch it on the telly and it means that you'll also be able to watch it back because it'll be existing somewhere in the bbc iplayer ether at some point after the game as well but yeah you looking forward to it as well Renzo yeah I think it's as I said it's a good time to play them um, nothing will be won or lost in this game I don't think I think a four point gap would absolutely does not you know feel kind of unmakeupable like it has yeah. in the past when we hit January February um, I think this is the first one of the season it's time to set a marker I think if we win as well we're only two points ahead there's so much work to be done uh, so nothing will be kind of decided but it's a huge kind of indication of where we're at and where Rangers are at because again you lose track of your rivals exactly just how strong they are until you play each other yeah and we will meet back here next week to dissect the result absolutely it's been lovely talking to you as always of course have a very enjoyable rest of your week thank you very much you too um this has been the Celtic Women's Football Show I've been your host Claire Wilde he's been Lorenzo Pacitti and we will speak to you very soon (laughs) 